It's by grace that we're saved through faith. This is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. So grace comes through humility. One of the greatest hindrances of faith is humility. Is a pride. I'm sorry. It's pride because people will look at a circumstance or a situation. They'll say, well, I prayed about it. And it's like there's there's almost like a pride there that I prayed and it didn't happen. So, therefore, this faith stuff must be a bunch of nonsense. And then they'll start coming up with all these other type of doctrines that fit their failure. And how many knows that that's pride? Amen. That's pride. That's why they're doing it because they're too proud to admit well, Lord, maybe I need to go to a new level of faith. And I'm just going to be real honest about this with myself. I mean, I remember a time where, you know, I didn't have a lot of faith. And I'm not even saying that I have a lot of faith now. Compared to some people, I may have faith. And compared to other people, you know, I may be lacking. But I want to go from glory to glory. I want to go from faith to faith. And I want to have more faith tomorrow than I do today. When I look back a year from now, I want to laugh at where I've been because my faith level is so much higher than it's ever been. Faith is something that you do, that grows and develops in you as your spirit man is built up. The Bible says that we train our inner senses, that you build up your inner man. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build up your most holy faith. As your inner man, your spirit man is built up and developed, your faith is going to increase as you meditate on God's Word day and night, as, the, as you spend time with the Holy Spirit, as you pray in tongues, your inner man is being developed within you through being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and praying in tongues. Your inner man is being strengthened, and that's the part of you where faith comes from. It doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. You hear the word of God and it gets down into your spirit. And when it does, it ignites faith. And then faith shows up in the words of your mouth and it shows up in your thought life. And what you have to do then once you have faith in your spirit is you've got to keep your mind renewed. And when things come up in life that, that try to sway you, that your, your spirit man is saying, believe God, and you renew your mind by the scriptures. Just real quick, there's people that are at different levels. There's people out there that are totally in unbelief. They believe that God just simply does not care. And their attitude is, why even pray about anything? God's got better things to do than listen to our prayers. It's a total spirit of unbelief. People that are like that, you really need to pray for them because they're in a seriously negative situation in life. Okay, because faith, that is that is the opposite of faith, that is unbelief. Okay, now there's other people that are in the realm of doubt. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. They're in a place where they believe God, you know, but sometimes they don't. They're up and down, back and forth, in and out. They sway a lot, like the like the sea is, is the waves it talks about in the Bible are tossed to and fro. They're tossed to and fro. They're double-minded. In Mark 9, 24, it says that the, a man brought his son to Jesus who, who had some kind of a demon, and he would throw him into the fire. And the father said to Jesus, if you can... Would you heal my son? And Jesus said, if I can. 
Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. And listen to the Father's response. The Father humbled himself down, realizing that his faith was not where it needed to be. He humbled himself and he said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus drove the demon out and set his son free. The thing with Jesus is, and this is a fact, he healed and delivered every single person that came to him. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that is the will of God. Because every person that came to Jesus, it didn't matter who they were, if they were a Roman centurion, if they were a Canaanite woman, it didn't matter who it was, a leper, whatever, they were healed. All four Gospels, there was never one time Jesus turned somebody away. Now there's another type that they portray God as kind of being an uncaring God. And they have an attitude like, I know that God can, but will He? And Jesus already established this because He showed us that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But He said, I have come to give you life and give it more abundant. And whenever the, the, the man with leprosy cried out to Jesus in Matthew 8, He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus leaned down to Him and said, I am willing. Be clean and healed him. Once again, everybody that came to Jesus. And then there's the other group of people that, that had the mentality. And then like there's I the other group of people that, will, that had the mentality like I know that God me, will heal me whatever it is, or deliver me or meet my I'm needs, whatever it is. But I'm waiting on him. This is the distant God. I'm sorry, they, they portrayed God as being like a distant God who is not intimately involved in our affairs of life. But I'm here to tell you that God cares about every area of your life, every detail. The, the Spirit of God lives within you. And Jesus said to cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. He's, he cares about the little things. He cares about what you, if you have food, you know, He cares about every little thing of your life. You can pray to Him about anything. You need a, a shirt. You need this, something little. To you, in your mind, you're thinking, well, does He really care? But God, I'm telling you, He's not distant. He's in you. He's with you. And He cares. And you can see those that are always waiting on God to do something. And they're like the people of John 5, 4 that were at the pool of Bethesda. And it says that the angel of the Lord went down at an appointed season to the pool. And they would stir the waters of the pool. And whoever got into it first was healed. And these are the people that love God. And they, they believe that God will, but they're always looking that it's going to happen one day. And they go from revival to revival. They go to the Benny Hinn meeting, then they go to the Bay Revival, and they go here, they go there. And they're always looking to a future event that one day God will heal me. But let me tell you, 
By his stripes, you already were healed at the cross. And let me tell you this. We've got to learn how to receive by faith for ourselves. Too many people believe God for others, but deep down in their own heart, they don't have faith for themselves. And deep down, it's because of insecurities in them that they think that God loves other people more than them. And that's the truth. And that is, it may be how they feel, but let me tell you that God loves everybody the same. He's no respecter of persons. And when he died on the cross, he shed his blood for everybody. Amen. He doesn't have favorites. God doesn't look down and go, oh, man, I love Zach, but I don't know about so-and-so over there. He shed his blood just as much for so-and-so as he did Brother Zach. He loves you both the same. He doesn't have favorites. God responds to faith. That's it. And people with their own issues within them have set themselves up in a position where they cannot receive from God because they have such deep insecurities and such issues toward God that they set themselves up to, it's almost like a resistance toward receiving their miracle because they believe that God will not do it for them, but he'll do it for somebody else. And they'll pray. And listen, there's been great, great evangelists that had a great healing, anointing, and gifting in them that saw thousands of miracles that died sick. You know why? Because they could pray for other people, but they never developed faith in themselves to receive for themselves. Are you hearing me? I want to be able to believe God for other people, but I also want to be able to believe God for myself. And that's something that comes from the Word of God getting deep down in your spirit. Did you know that the Bible says the milk of God's Word is, is the, um, the simplicity of the Word of God? But let me share with you a mystery. The book of Job talked about greasing your paths with butter. It's like, what in the world does that mean? It means that God takes the milk of God that is within you and He begins to churn it and churn it and churn it and churn it in your life until one day your paths are greased with butter, meaning that there's so much faith and so much that has been developed in you that your path is made smooth and easy in Christianity because no matter what comes against you, you believe God. No matter what comes, you believe God. We've got to get to a place where we understand that it is God's it's God's will. One of the greatest hindrances of people receiving from God finances, miracles, healings, deliverances, or anything else is the mentality of, is it God's will? You've got to establish it within yourself that if Jesus paid for it on the cross, it has to be God's will. There's not another option. Why in the world would God the Father put something on Him and then turn around and say, I did that for nothing because it's not my will? It doesn't even make sense. 3 John 2 should settle it in us because it says, I pray that you walk in divine health and prosper as your soul prospers. There's a place of walking in divine health, but it's connected with a prospering soul. Romans 8.11 says the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and He will give life to your body. And let me tell you, that as you live your life, and you, if you will do what the Word of God says, 
then you won't get offended with God. But you will keep saying, you will humble yourself down and say, Pastor Scott, I may have more faith today than I did yesterday, but I want to have more faith tomorrow than I do today. And maybe my faith level needs to go up. And you know what? I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to keep getting into the Word of God. I'm going to keep getting into prayer. And I'm going to keep letting that milk of God churn in me until my faith level comes up. It's humility. But the voice of pride is that they get offended with God. The Bible says it's, it's wisdom to not get offended with God. Look at Luke 7.23. Jesus said this amplified version. It says, blessed, happy, and joyful, and satisfied are those who take no offense in me, who is not hurt or resentful or annoyed or repelled or made to stumble by me. The King James says this, that you're not offended with God. Too many people, they want to pray about something and they want American Christianity. They want it microwaved. They want to be able to put their little burrito in the microwave and have it 30 seconds exactly how they want it. And it doesn't work that way in Christianity. That's American Christianity. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy way with God. There's either His way or no other option. That's it. There's not even the highway option with God. Okay, it's His way. And you've got to go with Him all the way, meaning that you've got to let Him take you from faith to faith. Now, how many of you be honest and say, Pastor Scott, I feel like I have more faith today than I did yesterday? I do. But how many of you would be humble enough to say, maybe I need to go to a new level of faith? See, that's humility. The prideful will get angry about that. And they get offended with God and they get offended with preachers that preach the word because they want to make doctrines that make them feel good about where they're at right now. And they don't want to be told, hey, maybe you need to go to a new level of faith. That ticks them off. But I want my life to line up with God's word. And I'm always encouraged by the stories of you, you hear of people that persevered in their faith and they kept persevering until they got the full breakthrough. There's things that I prayed about and I believe that I have received it and I keep calling those things that are not as though they are. And I've been seeing a gradual turn even in the most stubborn areas, but I'm not going to give up until I see the fullness. Because I'm not going to get offended with God. I'm not going to be prideful. And I'm not going to get an attitude with God or His people or His Word. He is God. He is who He says He is. The devil is the accuser and the liar. And if you choose, listen, this I really believe this for somebody. If you choose to believe the devil and, and, and you're, you're going to start accusing God or whatever, you will go a lot darker and deeper down into a pit that God never intended you to be in. But it will take a miracle to get you back out of it. It will take a miracle. Because people start believing the lies of the enemy and they have no idea how much legal ground that that is. They have no idea how dark their soul is becoming. And once you make an agreement with these dark forces in your mind that you're going to believe negative things about God, negative things about His Word, and it's rooted in your own insecurities that you have an attitude toward God because of your own insecurities, you have no idea the path that you're taking. And let me just warn you to not go there. says faith comes by hearing the word that's rhema you have to keep hearing the word you know if you feel like your faith needs to be supercharged then go back to those sermons by kenneth hagan and put them back in your car again and listen to the word again 
Get your Bible out. Write down all the healing scriptures that you need and quote them every day out loud. And keep going after it and keep going after it until faith arises within you. Listen, Chehan told a story about his mouth and he had this um, TMJ or whatever it's called where he had arthritis in his jaw and he couldn't open his mouth all the way. It was really painful. And every day for like two years, he would stand in front of the mirror and he would say, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, my jaw is healed. He did it. He kept doing it. He kept doing it. He kept doing it. A year passed. A year and a half. It was like two years later, he wakes up in the morning and yawns and his jaw pops and he never had a problem after that. Why? I don't know. Maybe God said, you know what, Shehan, I love you so much. I'm going to let faith be so developed in you now through this stupid TMJ. I'm going to let you persevere for two years, quoting scripture over and over and over, churning that milk in you so much for so long that you're going to have so much faith. But by the time I'm through with you, you're going to be traveling and seeing a lot of people healed because of your faith. Maybe that's what God had in mind. Maybe that's why he does things with people where he strings them along for a year or two because he's trying to get your faith to go to a whole new level it never would have went to if you had a quick easy microwave answer maybe the reason why it took Kenneth Hagin a year of calling those things that are not as though they were and feeling sick and just claiming his healing for so long because he knew for the next 50 years he would have a miracle ministry that would change this nation and change lives all over the world you have no idea how many people all over the world have been impacted by his message of faith there's bible schools that teach it all over the world it would have never happened if somebody had come into Kenneth Hagin's room as a boy and just simply laid their hands on him and said, be healed, and he got up healed, he probably would never have had the, the healing ministry that he did because it took that year of persevering and getting in the scriptures for himself and getting that so deeply rooted in him. It was that milk being churned in him until his path was greased in butter. And the rest of his life, he had faith for himself and faith for others. It wouldn't have come any other way. But we've got to get to the place to where we pray about something and we believe we have received it. And we're going to call those things that are not as though they are. So ask yourself this question. Are you speaking to whatever mountain you need to be speaking to right now every day? You need to be speaking to it and be specific. If you're believing for healing in your body every day, you need to speak over that part of your body that you're healed and you're coming into alignment with the Word of God and you're going to see this, 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 and this and, you're, and you stop saying anything negative. The way things work in this sinful world that we live in where Satan has his throne is that it's easier to be negative. It's easier for things to go negative and you have to... Let me explain it this way. A negative confession is easy and it will set something in motion for a long time. But you have to speak faith in the Word of God over and over and over and over and over before you see it turn. Why? Because of the sinful world we live in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're bringing heaven into the realm of the earth through your mouth. Behind enemy lines. Don't think it's always going to be easy to see that because it's not, but you can persevere. Whatsoever things you pray, believe that you have received them and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, make sure you forgive anyone. 
What does the Bible say about calling those things that are not as though they were? Romans 4.17 As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. Speaking of Abraham before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. In other words, who raises the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were. The God of Abraham, the God of faith, will call things that are not as though they are. Well, you look like a fool to the world. Of course you do. You're supposed to. That's just the way it is. God will always do that. Of course we look stupid because we believe God. That's where humility comes in. Because you don't care what other people think. Even other Christians. I'm going to tell you what I mentioned earlier. There's a lot of Christians just not there at all. And you may look stupid to other Christians because you're believing God and they don't get it. But if you will keep calling those things that are not as though they are, you keep speaking over and over and over into that area of your life and keep speaking, keep speaking, you will see a breakthrough. Let me remind you as I close about taking communion, the healing that's released as you remember the body and blood of the Lord and take communion and speaking blessings. There's faith confessions, but there's also speaking blessings. Do both. The Bible says, don't repay evil for evil or insult with insult. Repay evil with blessing. To this you were called to inherit a blessing. If you bless, you will inherit a blessing. Meaning that if you keep blessing, it's gradually going to turn and change into what you're blessing it to be. How many people have been healed taking communion? How many people have spoken a blessing over their physical body and within six months to a year saw a major turn in their body? Even creative miracles. That's the power of a blessing. But the power of faith confessions. A reminder of this one precious lady. Her name is, escapes me. I saw her on Sid Roth. But a dog had bitten part of her lip off. And she put a picture of the way her lip was supposed to look. And the, and the doctors told her, there's no way you're ever going to be able to smile again. Not like you did. There's, there's a piece missing. And every day she would look at her picture. And she kept speaking by his straps. I'm healed. I've already prayed about it. Lip, you are going to come into alignment with the word of God. You are going to be healed. You're going to look like this. And you know what? It happened. That's a creative miracle. She kept speaking it over and over every day. And you remember me telling you about the power of what you see? God told Abraham, look at the sky. Look at the stars. Look at the sand. He gave him a vision. There's power. And she would look at that picture. And she kept speaking to the mountain, be moved. And she kept calling those things that are not as though they were. And it happened. And of course, we know let God reveal to you and remove any hindrances to your miracle. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race with perseverance that's marked out for us. We have to throw off everything that hinders. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm blaming God or blaming other people or even blaming the devil too much. I realize it is the devil, okay? But I'm not going to sit around the rest of my life going, well, things are like they are because... No. I want to have so much faith that it doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter about the world's circumstances. I'm going to walk in, in the promises of God, period. Even if I go alone, because I want to have so much faith that I'm walking in that for myself. Amen. 
So Father, I pray right now for an increase of faith in people's lives. I'm asking you that faith will increase. And I break off that doubt for an unbelief and I bless everyone within the sound of my voice that you're going to have great faith like Kenneth Hagin had and others. You're going to have great faith to pray for others and you're going to have great faith to pray for yourself. You're going to have faith to receive the promises of God. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when we pray with faith, all things are possible to him that believes. So Lord, let our faith arise. Let our faith increase. While we're on this journey to see the final miracles that we're believing for, let our faith stay strong. Even though it may take some time and it may take a gradual turning, we're going to keep believing and keep speaking the Word of God and keep calling those things as though they were and see it happen. Lord, You alone can cause faith to arise. So Lord, I pray that Rhema would explode in people when it comes to faith and it comes to the message of faith. Lord, faith to believe for other people, but also faith to believe for ourselves. Lord, I ask you to let that rhema get into our spirit and explode and ignite great faith in all of us. That we will go to a new place of faith. Lord, I believe now as I pray that we have it. And I thank you for a greater faith and rhema coming into people's spirit about faith that will cause them to see the promises of God from this day forward, a new place of faith. In Jesus' name. shut down the recordings but I just want to close out this prayer time